Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hi, welcome to episode one of the Website Coach podcast. I'm super excited to be launching this podcast and hope you get a lot out of it. Today, I'm going to be talking about your website homepage. Now, your website homepage is super important. It's the page most people land on first because it's the one we tend to share the most. It might be on your social media bio. You know you should have your website on there, don't you? in directories, or it will be the one that comes up if people search for the name of your business. If they come to your website via another page, like a blog post or a landing page, then it's usually the next one that they visit. In any event, it's likely to be the most visited page on your website. I know if you look at your website stats, you'll be able to see this. It certainly is for me. Now, it's not an easy page to put together. I get that. But don't worry, I'm going to help you in this episode. It's tempting to be just inspired by, or in other words, copy someone else's. But you can do much better than that. And I'm going to show you how. Before I go any further, I want to let you know that I've got a PDF download associated with this episode. Just head to the show notes and it will give you the link and you can get hold of a copy. Especially if you're driving, dog walking, that's how I listen to podcasts, at the gym or just doing something else that means you can't take notes. All pages on your website have a job to do. Your homepage actually has two jobs. Firstly, it needs to let people know that they've come to the right place. And secondly, it needs to signpost them where to go next. It's really tempting to try and cram as much as possible onto this page. But think of your homepage as your shop window. If you put too much in it, no one will go into the shop. We've all seen, and usually walked past, those shops which have tried to cram as much as they possibly can into their window. Nothing goes together and it just looks a bit of a mess. I mean, unless you're under the age of five, in which case they think they're delightful. But I assume that's not who you're trying to appeal to with your website. This is the page to get your audience interested. It's not to sell as such. Leave that job for your shop, sales or services page. So, what are the items that you should include? First off is what I call the header image. This is the image at the very top. It can go across the page or just be at one side. That's totally up to you. But it should be the image that best captures your business. This is the first image people will see. And it determines whether they stay or whether they leave your website. So there's no pressure then. (laughs) Make it good. I'm going to be talking about branding photos in a future episode. But you want to think about the impression you want potential clients to have of you. If you run a service-based business, you can choose an image of you at work, looking as you want clients to see you, of course. That's not in your PJs with unbrushed hair and wearing makeup from last night, even if that might be your usual way of working. I know I want to be seen as the friendly, easy to work with, but obviously know what I'm doing, face of website building. 
and my current image reflects that. I'm smiling and hopefully looking friendly. I've had my hair done. I'm wearing makeup, covering the bags under my eyes. So to be honest, I'm looking a bit better. Okay, probably a lot better than I usually do when I'm working. I'm at my working best. If you've got a product-based business, then great images of your products in a lifestyle setting work well. That might be candles beautifully displayed on a table. A table that looks inviting, of course, rather than one scattered with papers and children's toys. Or if you sell skincare, then it might be skincare bottles in a beautiful bathroom. You're selling a dream. An achievable one, but a dream. I want to quickly mention sliders here. That's images that rotate on a website, not the flip-floppy things that you wear on your feet or the mini burgers that you get in a posh bar. Many people use sliders at the top of their homepage. And I'm sorry, but I'm not a fan. Let me explain why. Two reasons. First of all, they slow down the website because all the images need to load. If you've got five images, that's taking five times as long as a single image. And I'll talk about the problems of slow-running websites in a future episode and some of the things you can do about it. But secondly, nobody waits for them to rotate. That means they'll usually only see one of the images on the slider. It's just a waste of the others. You're better off using the one best image here and use the others elsewhere on your website. The second item on your homepage is your headline. It's sometimes called a brand statement. This is the what you do and who you do it for or the benefit that they get. It's your elevator pitch, if you like, but it's even shorter than that. It's letting people know if they've come to the right place and whether it's worth investing their time in your website. It can be on or alongside your header image or it can sit underneath it. Totally up to you. But it's the first words someone will see on your website. And that's obviously underneath your logo and menu. So my business name is Beyond the Kitchen Table. I make it clear in my headline that I'm about websites for entrepreneurs and small business owners. I'm not about kitchen tables, cooking tips or recipes. Although you'd be amazed at how many emails I still get about those. Really important don't try to be clever here. I've seen too many websites try to be clever. And to be honest, digital marketing agencies tend to be the worst. And they really should know better. Think the unthinkable is one that stood out. And even as I scrolled down the page, I had no idea what they did. And we're all busy. We don't have time to play this game. You have about three seconds to show someone they're in the right place or they're off. It doesn't matter how good the rest of your website is. You need to get them past that first yes or no decision. Is it worth investing the time in this website? Does it have what I'm looking for? And you know what? Most people are not looking for confusion. So it needs to be short and to the point. Don't worry, there's a place later on you can expand on it to show how you might be different. So it's the gentle sleep training for babies. Bridal makeup in Kent. Vegan skincare that doesn't cost the earth. You get the idea. 
Number three is call to action. I always like to include a call to action at or near the top of the homepage. I usually put it just under the headline. A call to action, sometimes called a CTA, don't worry, I explain any jargon I use here, is what you want people who come to your website to do next. The call to action at or near the top of your homepage is for those people who come to your website knowing they want to take the next step. Because there will be people like that. Previous clients who know what you're about or someone who's been an avid social media fan and knows they want to work with you. Or maybe someone who you have been recommended to. Their friend has waxed lyrical about how amazing you are. So make it easy for them to take the next step. If they have to hunt around your website, there's a chance you'll lose them. We've all got distractions. Often a child needs something or a dinner that needs attention. Or they might get frustrated if they can't find what they're looking for. And we don't want to start off the relationship with them frustrated. So what do you want them to do? Buy now? Book a call? Or schedule an appointment? Remember, don't make them scroll. Make it super easy for them to do what you want them to do. Quickly on calls to action, they should be easy to identify too. I'm a fan of bold buttons, tying in with your branding, of course. You should also include calls to action further down the page too, and definitely at the end of the page. Otherwise, how are they going to know what to do next? Okay, item number four on your homepage, intro text. I usually like to add a piece of what I call intro text underneath your header image and headline and call to action, of course. So what is intro text? This is a short piece of text showing you understand their position and emphasising the benefit, not the features, of your services. And by short, I mean a couple of short paragraphs. Including this here means you can have that short headline or brand statement I mentioned earlier. So what kind of thing should you include here? Well, you can talk a bit about your approach, the kind of people you help, and definitely show some empathy with their situation. So if you're a weight loss coach, for example, your headline might say, Weight Loss Coach Canterbury, or Help You Lose Weight Easily. Whereas in this short intro, you might talk about how you use encouragement, how anyone working with you won't be hungry, how it can fit into your normal life, it won't just be lettuce leaves, or whatever is the right kind of statement for you. Okay, number five, how you can help. This is a really key part of your homepage. You need to tell your website visitors that you understand them and importantly can help. The approach is slightly different depending upon the kind of business you run. So let's talk about service-based businesses first. If you've got a lot of services, this is not the place to show all the services you offer, but to point them to the services they might be interested in like a signpost. You want to point them the right way because no one wants to wade through information that they've got no interest in. They'll get bored and leave. It's not IKEA. People can leave at any time without having to follow the path all the way through the store. I mean, it's a clever approach that IKEA has. We've all bought extra bits and pieces just because we've seen them and decided we really need more tea lights or whatever. But that doesn't work on your website. Sorry. You need to think about the journey they need to take through your website to ultimately become a client, the buyer's journey. And you want to put them on the right path to take that journey. 
And that's different for every business. And it's different for some clients as well, which is why you need to point them in the direction that is appropriate for them. So let me give you an example. You'll find I like examples. So I worked with a client, Vicky Weinberg. Vicky helps people make products and sell them on Amazon. When we rebuilt the website, we did it based upon whether people were looking to make products or whether they were looking to sell products on Amazon. Yes, some people will be looking for help with both, but usually they're looking for help with one or the other, at least to begin with. And then we've also given them the option of just going to her free resources, as this is a key part of the journey that many of her clients go through before they decide they do actually need her help. If you run a product-based business, it's a bit more straightforward. You can highlight different kinds of categories of products. For example, for her, for him, for kids, or maybe necklaces, rings, bracelets. And you could highlight new products too. And I'd always recommend having a most popular section on your homepage. We're a bit like sheep, um, to be honest, and we want to follow the example of others. I think we subconsciously think if other people are buying whatever it might be, then they must be great. And we don't want to miss out, so we'll get those too. Number six, why they should choose you. You're good. We know that. But you need to show your audience, your website visitors, that you're the right person to help them. There are lots of ways to do this, and I'm going to go through them. But, word of warning, please don't try to include all of these on your homepage. Otherwise, people will be scrolling forever. There are other places on your website that you can include them, and indeed you should do. Remember, the job of your homepage is to show them that they've come to the right place and point them to the right path to get the information they need to become a client. So the first way to show people why they should choose you is with a portfolio or case studies. These show people how you've helped people like your target audience. It's super important to make sure they represent the kind of work you want to do for the kind of clients you want to work with going forward. Bear with me as I'm going to go into that a little bit more. This is important. Let's say you're a fitness professional who really wants to work with midlife women. If I'm a midlife woman looking for a fitness professional, I want to see how you've helped people like me, not someone in their 20s or 70s or men. I might not mind if you help them too, but if I have a choice of fitness professionals, I'm going to choose one who I can see has helped people like me. And therefore, it goes to show that they will be able to help me. If you go onto our homepage, you'll see we show some of the bespoke websites we've built and then link them so people can see more. It illustrates what we do much better than we can explain. Another way to show why you is through testimonials. I am a big fan of testimonials. And the next episode, episode two, is on testimonials. I always ask my clients to gather testimonials and use them throughout their website. So testimonials are other people's reviews from working with you. Ideally, they should include names and photos because they're more realistic if people can relate to them as people. And it's even better if you can get a video. Testimonials are one of the best ways of persuading people that you can really help them. So episode two of the podcast is going to go into testimonials in far more details, but I want to say two more things. Firstly, they do make a difference, so do use them. 
And secondly, like any case studies, they should be from the kind of people you want to work with, doing the kind of work you want to do more of. So that fitness professional who wants to work with midlife women should have testimonials from people like Sue, Sarah, Nikki, etc., rather than Ben, Simon, Ollie, etc. Another way to show why you is press that you've had or awards that you have won. There's prestige in getting mentioned in the press and winning awards. It's someone else verifying that you're good at what you do. That's if it's relevant to your work, of course. Your school award for spellings is not going to help you. You have to be a bit careful about how you show press articles. I'm not a lawyer, (laughs) but you can usually link to articles on your website, but do not copy articles without permission. And that includes images of the articles too. You can also include links to any podcasts that you might have been on here too. Again, it's another way of showing that people rate what you do. Depending upon your service or product, qualifications can be hugely important to whether someone will choose to work with you. For example, if you're looking for a nutritionist or coach, you're more likely to choose to work with one that has relevant qualifications. For other industries like design, for example, then your portfolio is going to be more important. Memberships can also help increase the trust factor, especially if you're in some kind of medical field. It shows some authority. And with qualifications and memberships, you can include the logos on your homepage or just list any qualifications you have or memberships you belong to. Another way to show why you is to talk about you. Do not, I repeat, do not try and tell your whole story on your homepage. This is not the place. It can be helpful to explain why you do what you do if it's relevant to your audience. So if you help with weight loss after losing a lot of weight yourself, that is really relevant. But if you're running a business because you need the flexibility of working school hours, then it's not. And I must admit, I get quite cross (laughs) when I see people with the, I set up my business after I had my little boy so I could spend time with him. Not because I dislike the reason. Lots of parents set up businesses for that reason. But because it's about you, not about how you can help others. After losing three stone in a year and having so much more energy to run around with my little boy, I was inspired to help others do the same. It's much more compelling. Okay, the final way I'm going to talk about about you, why you, is blogging. I'm a big fan of blogging, but that's the subject of another podcast episode. If you blog about subjects related to the products or service you offer, and you should, you know, (laughs) this shows your authority. You're talking lots in those articles about things which are relevant to your business. So for example, if you're a photographer, say a branding photographer, if you've got articles, blog posts, talking about poses, uh, about what you might wear, things like that, then that shows your authority on the subject. Linking to your blog posts on your homepage can therefore be a good way of demonstrating your authority. But, as with other items on your homepage, just choose a few blogs. Either the latest few or ones that you particularly want to highlight. And unless you're a blogger, then I'd have a maximum of four. Okay, last item on the homepage is email sign-up. 
Not everybody who lands on your website is going to go on to buy from you there and then. I know, I know, shock horror. (laughs) You need to find a way to keep in touch so you can nurture them. They can find out more about you. And then, when they're ready and you put an offer in front of them, they'll buy. That's how it works. Or at least it's supposed to. An email list is a brilliant way of doing this. Although, of course, you do need to then email them regularly. And your website homepage can be a good place to capture email addresses to add to your email marketing list. However, few people will give you their email address just to keep in touch. I know I very rarely will. You need to offer something in return. Like the PDF download that's associated with this podcast, for example. One thing I haven't gone into on this episode about the homepage is your header and your footer. And I'll talk about those on another episode. But including your social media links at the very bottom of your homepage in your footer is another good way of encouraging people to keep in touch so that they can click on those links and follow you on social media. So that was a quick scoot through what you should include on your website homepage. I'm going to recap those in a moment. But first of all, remember, the job of your homepage is to show people that they've come to the right place, to entice them in, and to direct them where to go next. And if you remember nothing else from this episode, please take that away. And also, I've got a PDF download associated with this episode. Just head to the show notes and you'll get the link to get hold of a copy. Okay, so let's quickly recap the seven key items you need to have on your homepage. Number one, your header image. That's an image of you at work on a good day, or your products in a lifestyle setting. You're selling the dream. Number two, your headline or brand statement. A quick what you do, who you do it for. Number three, call to action. Really important to have this at or near the top of your homepage, at the bottom of your page, and in between two. You're telling people what to do next. Number four, intro text. This expands a bit on your headline. Number five, how you can help. It's really important, especially for a services business, to tell visitors you understand and can help. Then direct them to the right place to find out more. For product businesses, it's the key categories of products. Number six, why you? In brief, using some combination of portfolio of work, testimonials, press and awards, qualifications and memberships, a bit about you and your blog. And number seven, your email sign up so you can keep in touch. That's it. I hope you found it helpful. Don't forget, I've got a PDF download associated with this episode. Just head to the show notes and you'll get the link for a copy. Good luck with your homepage and let me know how you get on. You can find me over on Instagram at beyondthekt or email me. My address is sayhello at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk. And I'll see you next week for another episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business or scaling it. And see you next week.